0: You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. The book Big Max and Burgundy broke the internet. Amazon couldn't keep up, and it went to number one on the Barnes and Nobles list. Vanessa Price is here to tell the tale. Special thanks to T. Edward Wines for providing the incredible juice. Cool. I am sitting with Vanessa Price, and we just finished chowing down on Big Macs and Burgundy like her book that is kicking ass on Amazon. Beat out Barack Obama's book, yep. "Promise Land." Mm-hmm. I was like, "What?"
1: I was like, "What, too?" Uh,
0: <laughs> so, so people dig junk food more than they dig Obama. Oh
1: don't think that's true I I don't know man I hope that's not true I I, I, I love Obama but um, you know I think it I think uh, we got some great press there happened to be a a really great piece on CBS and um, a lot of folks that had never heard my name or my book suddenly had and you know it just sort of skyrocketed but I can tell you when you look at your phone because your your co-writes texting you like look at your fucking phone and you finally look (laughs) at it and you're literally sandwiched between Amanda Gorman and Obama on Amazon it's like like what yeah.
0: so I, I see in my in my mind and in my heart you call Obama and go hey Barack um yes uh, I mean I'm hoping
1: so. I'm hoping he gives us a call I don't know I wouldn't even know how to reach him we could send out some like paper airplanes or something but like I don't know if what I, my hope is, um, page six actually covered it. All I think right. they were kind of teasing at him talking about how people love the wine know. and junk food and it beat out his book. Um, and I hope that crossed his desk. Cause like the fact that like he even knows that it exists would just be like the coolest thing yeah. ever. I, I have
0: to say, uh, <laughs> I just, in my mind have Michelle like, so, you know, what? I'm going to call Vanessa up and you know, we're going to go have dinner cause they're food people and they love yeah. wine. So. I would bet they do, but I laughed so hard. And my very good friend uh, sent me the clipping from page six, who's also a writer. And he's the one that got me to say, you have to reach out. (laughs) You have to.
1: I mean, that was what was crazy. Like, when when we found out we were on page six, I was like, oh, that's cool. We're on page six. Because I was just thinking it was the digital. And they were like, no, no, no. You are on page six. You're on the printed page six. I was like, that's crazy. So That is,
0: that is pretty cool. Yeah. Um, what? Uh, so, I love the book. I've been, doing, I've been in this business for a very long time. And I have read uh, every wine book that comes out. I've interviewed um, Zach from Punch here. And, and, he, and he did a book. And he covered natural wine and all things. But it's more of an academic lesson and like if you're not a wine person right you're it's very it's kind of dry right Mm -hmm. but i picked up your book and i'm telling this i kissed this book i think it's so (laughs) goddamn good it blew me away it had me laughing um and i've traveled the world like you've traveled the world Mm -hmm. and you still put food and wine together in this like way that you just break it down that even if you don't Really understand wine yet? It is the perfect book for you to pick up. And uh, I'm going to recommend it to everybody. But um, thank you. I I just love the Big Mac and Burgundy thing. And one of the reasons why is because uh, you and I have done a lot of fine dining and tasting menus and probably drank some pretty baller wines and had incredible uh, Michelin meals. But what I love about the book. If I could, it, at its simplest level, is you take the, uh, the chemistry or what these four star restaurants and Michelin chefs do, and a top psalm uh, who's curating an amazing wine program, and they pair their wine to the food. And it's usually like, it's the classic oysters and chablis. Hey, hold on, we got to hold for one second. We got the Cheeto Man uh, who's <laughs> the delivering Cheetos. Cheetos here. Cheetos here, because we're going <laughs> to do Cheetos and Sansa Serre. So hold for one second. All right, so we're back. Believe it or not, Cheetos were just delivered (laughs) to my office for Vanessa (laughs) so we could do a pairing, and I did tell the guy who came up, he delivered two bags of Cheetos, and I said, yeah, we're pretty stoned.
1: Yeah. (laughs) He probably believed you.
0: (laughs) So we got our Cheetos, which we will get to. Okay, cool. Uh, But anyway, so getting back. So these uh, Michelin star chefs paired up with people who spent their lives dedicated to wine, where it becomes this academic uh, idea, and it's usually for the elites or people can go out and spend that kind of money. But what I love is you just broke down the simple chemistry of that, of salt, fat, minerals, uh, acid, and you said, no, 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 look, we can get the same mouthfeel and idea and probably the same kind of hormonal response with Cheetos in Sancerre or Big Macs in Burgundy, right?
1: <laughs> You know, I got to tell you, it would. I remember when we first signed uh, the the because this started as a column in New York Magazine and and with um and with New York Magazine it was literally you know they were just tossing foods my way and you know no matter how ridiculous they got I'd say all right I'll find the wine for that and I'd find the wine for that because it really that really is my argument there's a wine for every food it doesn't matter what level we're talking about um, but then when we signed with Abrams and we're going to make it a book you know one of the first things that that was agreed upon was that there had to be these sort of opening chapters that broke all the stuff down that mm. you're talking about and I sort of sat down and went fuck mm. how do you do that right like how do you take these complicated ideas these complex concepts and distill them down to something that is true and honest and doesn't lose the essence of what the artistry of food and wine pairing is right. but makes it something that's actually digestible for people right and so um I actually spent Two solid weeks in a research room at the uh, New York Public Library. Thank okay. you, New York Public Library. Wow. Shout out. Uh, so, somebody the, who
0: uses a library. Yeah, everybody. they gave me
1: a re- well because a lot of the research papers that <clears throat> I needed you can't check out. No, right, that's like cool. you you actually just have to be on premise to use them. Um, and then I took that and turned that into two opening chapters of which was about forty five thousand words. Wow. And then my co wright and I, who I love forever, Adam. Um, we then had to distill that down to what is in the book is about 8,500 words. So how do we take all of these complex ideas, all of this complex science, and distill it down without losing anything along the way? And that was probably one of the biggest challenges of the book. Mm-hmm. I, there was a lot of sleepless nights yeah. <laughs> spent but over that. What I, what I totally
0: dig, and I'm going to give a great example of this um, that's in your book, and I was like, wow. And this was, I'm like, this is great. And I've now sent it to my wine geek friends, wine professionals, and go, read this. This is amazing because it's so, it, it speaks so clearly about why uh, the f- food and wine thing works. And the example that you use on your, the name of the book, Big Macs in burgundy, um, and Burgundy, you, you talked about how there's a secret sauce here and there's a sesame bun. And so you want burgundy because it's got primary fruit. Unlike the burgundy we did try that was a little tertiary. Well, re- regional Pum, burgundy. Pum, we went
1: regional burgundy. Something that's like, r- yeah, exactly. Yes, Fresh, right. I, I easy. Went, I, I
0: went a little more complex than that. <laughs>
1: but but it, it works
0: because it's got this primary fruit, and it matches that kind of salt thing. And then you took it another level, and I was like, this is why I like the book. You'll now have a quarter pounder. Oh, yeah. has another slice of me- another piece of meat on it. It's another thicker. burger, Thicker. Another piece of cheese, and not a piece of bread. So you need something, broader tannins, a mm-hmm. little more power. So we're going to go to Super Tuscan. Mm -hmm. So you just explained the concept of like more fat, uh, tannins, the way it works with fat. Intensity. Intensity. And then you also recommended a a wine. Uh, I'm like, what? And then you did this across (laughs) the board with stuff that I would never even think of. Like, I think you did Twinkies and Sauternes. You did Mm -hmm. Oloroso, Sherry, and Oreos. And I know that those work. I know that I don't have to try them because I've been doing this. But like for somebody who's never seen it, so as a wine guy, people would say, hey, what, "What is that about?" And I've done some classes as mm-hmm. well, and I say, "Here's what I'll, the most the easiest example for me is like go get some Sancerre and get some chavignol. Go get some goat cheese where that usually grown in the same towns, mm-hmm. and you can see there's a there's a magical thing that happens in your mouth, and 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 your hormones, everything. There's a, something that happens, and you. You just broadened the spectrum of that one example that I could use, and you listed how many? 100? 200? I don't know. There's a, like-
1: there's over 300 food and Fuck. wine pairings in the book. Right. And I think one of the things that was like the. It, it drove everybody crazy. It drove my editor crazy. It drove the design team crazy. It drove my agent crazy. It drove my right crazy. My goal was I never wanted to repeat a wine. Right. Right. Like, I ne- like. Sure, there are many Chardonnays in the book. There are many Pinot Noirs in the book. But they're coming from different places. There's different specificity, right? There's different, you know, there's multiple sherries, but never the same style of Sherry. And the right. idea behind that being... I want to show the diversity of wine. Um, I think any of us, whether we're a California cab person or a natural wine person, we all kind of get stuck in our lane. Sure. And we forget how broad and beautiful the spectrum of wine is. Right. Um, do we need to hold for the siren? Okay. No, it's um, New York. <laughs> yeah, it's New York. That's <laughs> yeah, true. A yeah. uh, little little spice in the background yeah, for yeah. the for the okay. listeners. Yeah. Um, and so one of the things that I wanted to do was make sure that I w- the same way food is so diverse, Showing that wine can be that diverse too, so um, I actually appreciated. I, I was terrified. Someone texted me it was like, the the some people reviewed your book because they do like these like very in depth reviews of books, and I was like, holy shit, someone's gonna just review my book for thirty minutes. What could they? Buy? <laughs> I don't know how this is gonna go. Okay. And she even said she was like, I, I I wanted to be a little mad at it at first because some of the wines are so esoteric, but like. There was a reason for it, right, like there was a specificity to it that drove you and you same thing like I, I know inherently that it works without like having to actually right. try it because I get the the concepts behind it, and so that was sort of the idea was showing that food is diverse, wine is diverse and all of these things can work together at any level.
0: Yeah, but I also, I also love the fact that you did stuff like, you took the pretense out of it, right? You shook it, right? You, you took like a Big Mac and you went, you did the high-low thing, right? You, you did the idea and the pretentiousness of a Burgundy and you threw down with a Big Mac or a Quarter Pounder with a Super Tuscan. And it's just something, just irreverent about it. And you're like, don't take your fucking self so seriously.
1: Well, I mean, come on, man. I'm I'm a Kentucky kid who didn't no. even grow up with wine. Like, le- f- tasted my first wine in college. Like, collected Arbor Mist. I, I shit you not. I had, <laughs> I had, I. They were such. They were beautiful I th- colors. I, I
0: think Summer's Eve actually makes Arbor's Mist. For the record, is that who is that who uh, makes it? I don't, I don't even know.
1: <laughs> I just remember thinking like, I'm gonna display all of my beautiful bottles with all of these bright colors, and I'm so fancy now. And it's kind of ironic to me because like, right. I mean, the collectors are kind of the same way, displaying all of their fancy bottles, but right. you know, obviously it's not Arbor Mist, but you know, I think the day I start taking myself too seriously, I'm in trouble, man.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it's one thing I've always railed against is because uh, I love wine, right? Mm-hmm. And I'd love to drink wine, but I do not like the academic, the pretentiousness. And as, as we see now with the whole kind of backlash with the MS court, Some of it's well-deserved. Yeah, it's uh, unfortunate. It's it's unfortunate, but part of it is, uh, you know, they wanted to be a a private club and keep it elite. And I used to fight against that. This book fights against it. It, Wine is for the people. Yep. Um, And I can give you a great example of that in your book, uh, Cat's Deli Pastrami Sandwich Mm -hmm. with... Carmeniere from mm-hmm. Chile, which a lot of psalms as you know, dump on is like they that's kind of they it. dump on. It's like, and so when I saw that, I'm like, good for you. This is what I like about the book. There's no bullshit. There's no pretension. Thank you're, you. You're not. You didn't go. Well, I prefer like a semi champagne I love <laughs> Rajard. I love. You know, I mean, like, don't get me
1: wrong. I love Chloresard. Of, of course if, we do. you. Want to pour it for me? Of course me, you but do.
0: But if I'm banging back at a Come pastrami on. sandwich from exactly. cats. Chili common year does do the trick because mm-hmm. it's more herbal like, like Cap Franc and mm-hmm. like, but that's what I liked about the book. You took it, you distilled it and you broke it, uh, broke it down and gave wine back to the people, um, which I love. Like, let's, let's talk about like uh, terroir is something that we always talk about in the, in the, in the you know, uh, the people really study wine. Mm-hmm. Give me a, the basic example what terroir is.
1: I mean, listen, terroir is, oh gosh, to remember the exact verbiage from the book, I I would be at a loss too. But to me, the way I always describe it to people, it's basically like taking all of the elements that make where a grape grows. Mm -hmm. And that is, it can only be that place. It can't be anywhere else. Right. Right. So just like people. Right. To me, terroir is like people. There are so many factors that go into making us who we are. Mm-hmm. Some of it is where we come from. Some of it is how we are raised. It's the same thing with the grape. It's going to change who we are, right? So we, we're all human beings, but our experiences are different. Our, our, our origination is different. Mm-hmm. And that is going to change who we are. It's right. the same for wine.
0: Yeah. I, that's just what I mean. So that's what the book is to me. And then there's like... Great stories you weave in. So how did you get here? I, I don't want to go back to the early days in Kentucky when you didn't drink. What was your first, <laughs> like, give me your first aha moment, like, I love this, and you're like, I can't believe I'm sitting at this table, I'm at La Den, wherever that is. Give me that first moment, like, holy shit, I kind of want to do this, but I don't really like this.
1: Oh, God. Well, I mean, the moment that, that I think you're referring to is a moment from the book that was really just sort of like a, oh, what the hell, how did I get here? I was at a table at La Bernadette with um, at the time I was working for a company called Maison Marc and Domaine, mm-hmm. which is the um, domestic import company owned by Champagne-Louis Roder. So mm-hmm. uh, the family also owns Pichon Comtesse and Domaine Odd and De Los Frere and Ramos Pinto and Diamond Creek. And, you know, go fuck yourself basically yeah. <laughs> the list of wines <laughs> right, that they, yeah. that they personally own with right. no, you know, just the family. Yeah. Um, and it was um, <clears throat> the, the chef de cave of Louis Roder, who is Jean Baptiste the, dude ever, and uh, Frederick Rousseau, who's patriarch of the the, the Rotor family and and all of its uh, states, and then my bosses from MMD, and uh, we were going to be hosting a dinner launching the um, 2008 Cristal uh, Vintage into the Marketplace. Wow. we were showing a back catalog of vintages of Cristal leading up to the 2008. And so, uh, and the lunch was going to be at La Bernadette um, shortly following this lunch that we were having. Mm-hmm. And the whole purpose of us having this lunch was that we were trying the dishes that were going to be at the lunch for the launch. And we were giving notes to Chef Eric Repair. You know, like, we. <laughs> I remember like we could go and touch slider on the sauce on this. We can do a little bit <laughs> this like this. And I remember thinking so what the fuck am I doing here? I'm like drinking multiple visions of Cristal, telling like arguably the most talented chef in the entire world to tweak his sauce. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> Hey
0: Chef, lay down on the lemon a little bit. Close to my citrus. Oh, yeah. I mean, honestly it's yeah. a testament
1: to He's what a extraordinary human yeah. being he is because right. you know he understood inherently that the point of that lunch was the the wines and the food was meant to elevate that, and so he was happy to to accommodate um no zero ego there which i think is extraordinary given all he's accomplished yeah, he's um but that was definitely a moment of like what the hell am i doing here like how did i end up at this table i do not know man <laughs>
0: and and so you you're doing that and when so tell me when you start figuring out like you i want to do something slightly different like when did this idea this when does this gestate, date this book idea start to come into play like hey, you know i i really like this part of it and um
1: well, I actually always had the idea of writing a book. I, I my, my... What brought me to Big Max in Burgundy is a bit of a bizarre path, but basically, my sister, um, who who uh, was my best friend, we were living together in New York. She was a journalism major, and I had gotten this like um, sort of like itch, itch on my butt or whatever Mm-mm. the the saying is. Like I wanted to to sort of put my name out there and 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 write about wine, and I wanted it to be in this like unpretentious way, just because inherently that's how I came to wine. I could never sure. pretend to be anything snotty. I was a Kentucky kid, didn't know shit about it. Moved here, tried to figure it out. Like figure it out fast. <laughs> So. i tried i feel like i'm still figuring it out but you know one yeah. day at a time and um i actually had this whole idea for a book and i i shit you not I, I knew so little about writing and publishing i wrote the whole damn thing i wrote the whole thing i didn't understand how it worked and for anybody listening that doesn't know how it works that's not how it works so, what I did was I wrote the whole thing, my sister edited it, and then I was very fortunate to have an upstairs neighbor, because I'm one of those New Yorkers who's been in my building for forever. I think I'm, like, on year 14 at this point. And, not this um, book,
0: though. We're not talking you're writing this book. But this is
1: how this book came to be. Oh, okay.
0: Wow, okay. So, yeah, right. c-
1: weird story. That's what I'm okay. saying. So, yeah, yeah. ended up... Um, going up and knocking on the door of my upstairs neighbor who's on the fifth floor of my building who, had, who I'd gotten to know over the years, who was a badass in the, the, the publishing, editing world. And I was like, I wrote a book. How do I, how do I get it published? And he was like, What? <laughs> that's not how it works. And I was like, well, how does it work? And so then he starts explaining to me, you know, you need bylines. You need you need a, you need need people to understand that you're a wine writer. And like, so you need to get accredited for that. And like, you know, not accredited, but like you need to get credit behind you sure. for that. Right. You need street cred. And then you go to the publishers and then you shop the idea. And then after you get the advance, that's when you write the book. I was like, well, shit, I really put the cart before the horse on that one. <laughs> so he was like, all right. Back it up. Let me see if I can help you. And then being a wonderful, kind, upstairs neighbor, like truly this is the stories of New York, he helped me learn how to write a pitch and cool. send it to publishers or to magazines or whatever it may be, whatever the, the publishing house was. And... um one of the things that I pitched was an idea of just doing everyday food with wine because to me that just seemed like, duh, right? Like, mm. I mean, us as some people, like we're industry people, we know like champagne and fried chicken, hello. Like there was never no. a better pairing ever. Right. And yet normal, not wine people are like, what are you talking about? Yeah. Um, and so I pitched it to New York Magazine. They picked it up. It was just supposed to be a one-off piece. Uh, I think I did Sour Patch Kids and Semi-Dry Riesling from the Finger Lakes. And because nice. I wanted it, it's like a nod to New York, you right. know? And then it did so well, they came back to me and they were like, hey, uh, do you want to do another one? And I said, yeah, let's do another one. And then that one did really well. So then before I knew it, it was a weekly column. And so now I was like writing this weekly column for New York Magazine that ran for almost two years. And then while I was in the middle of this column, publishers started coming to me and going, hey, do you want to turn this into a book? And I was like, no, wait a second, I already have a book. And they were like, no, but we want to do this book. So the (laughs) irony is I wrote a book, that was meant to be for the book I wanted to write. So that's that's probably the thing that I'm going to work on next. we will okay.
0: see. <laughs> so how close was that manuscript to this oh, manuscript? Oh, zero. Okay. Zero. So you're to- t-
1: totally different vein, line. So you're just theme. doing your wax
0: on, wax off shit with the first book.
1: Yeah, basically. Basically. Okay.
0: okay. And so you're in the, So what what music are you listening to when you're doing all this research and studying? Are you a music person?
1: I'm a huge music person. No. So. so when I'm... Um, when I'm ideating, as in okay. like when I'm trying to decide, you know, what are the foods? What are the wines? what is? Because for me, it was a game of Tetris, right? I never wanted things to be repetitive. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted it to feel diverse. And so there's a lot of like, you start with something, well, shit, I already did this, which is close to that. Or like maybe I already did a smarag, so now I can't do another vacau or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And um, so for that sort of stuff, I tend to like to listen to things like my queen Cardi B. I want something that's sort of like upbeat and make me happy, and you know okay. what I mean. Like sort of driving, yeah, driving the creative okay. forces and the energy. She's mm. she's my end all be all. When she Instagram my book, I I thought I can just die today and I'll be a happy yep. person. Um, but then when I'm actually getting into the writing, like mm. into the, the 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 deep essence of you know getting to that, that's all classical music. I'm oh. I'm a classically trained pianist, huh. so I listen to a lot of um, mostly contemporary um, composers. I have a few contemporary composers that I absolutely love. Dustin Halloran, Agnes Obel, Chad Lawson. Like some of their stuff I'll put on repeat. Oh, very cool. Oh, yeah.
0: And and how long did this book take to write two (sighs) years?
1: We signed with Abrams. Oh, God. We signed with Abrams in February of 19... Delivered the first draft in September of nineteen. We're done with the final manuscript by February, and done with the design by June. What's, and then it came out in October. Of what's kind of cool?
0: So, like, one of the things when people pick this book up, and they will be picking it up. Um, the the food and wine <laughs> pairings. Uh, they, so they've already been tested, right? So in, in Grub Street, in the column, right?
1: So about, I think there's 27 that are from the column. Right. The other, the vast majority, 90% are, are new. Right. Yeah. But what,
0: what I love, love about it is like, if, if you knew nothing about wine, right? And you pick this book up, you say stuff like Carmenere goes great with pastrami sandwiches. Now, if you don't know anything about wine, Carmenere is like, oh, that's the grape. And it doesn't hold anything over you, right? Mm-hmm. But even as a wine... Like, as somebody... been in the wine business a long time. You have, like, obscure... Like, you're doing Zinomavro from, from Greece. And you're doing stuff from Croatia. And these are varieties... Like, even wine people are going, Wow, that's interesting. Wow, geez, that's a pretty cool pairing. Yeah, I guess I never thought of that. Mm-hmm. Um, so the research... Um, depth you do on the food.
1: (laughs) What's that? It was intense. It was so intense. (laughs) I look back at it now and I'm like, what was I thinking? Like that hundred, that list of hundred candies. There's So there's a hundred candies um, (laughs) and I made sure, like you you guys, like I promised the dedication that I had to this shit. um, I made sure that every state had uh, like their top county candy accounted for. Like, now I can't even remember what it's called, but like the top candy bar in Alaska, I'd never even heard of it. So I had to like pay a fortune to have one shipped on Amazon because, of course, like you couldn't buy one, you had to buy like a box of them. Right. Um, so that I could like try this candy that I'd never had before so that Alaska could be accounted for. And probably like two people have read the book there. Um, and then a hundred dessert wines. And then I had a master of wine, Nicholas Jackson, check it. Okay. And then a dear friend of mine who's a vintner on the North Fork, Gabriella Macari. I had her check it as well so that like everybody could weigh in on like well you know maybe it needed to be this level of sweetness or this so like I took this shit so seriously
0: <laughs> um, no I'm saying like I'm, I've been doing this a long time and I'm looking at the precision of it going holy shit it's fun and hilarious yep. but it just teaches you in a very simple way of like what this is really about, and again, we going tried. back to your your <laughs> like acid fat mineral salt kind of thing it makes total sense. I mean, you talk about a fun thing to do with people like mm-hmm. on a night are particularly COVID time hey let's just buy five of these wines and get get a bunch of this food yeah now, in, in the bulk' you're not going to let you get out of here without telling your like Matt Damon story or your Justin <laughs> Bieber story. <laughs>
1: Celebrity father I know, in you didn't there. think I was going to let you, you know, escape, it is did what you? It
0: is. Before we get to the Sans and the Cheetos.
1: Okay, okay, yeah, <laughs> All right. sure.
0: All right, so tell me. Justin Bieber, how did you run into Justin Bieber?
1: Um, so I, I um, uh, had the, the good fortune of, for a number of years, writing the wine program for uh, Jay McCordoza at the, the Montauk Surf Lodge, which, okay, for yeah. anyone that may or may not know that place, it's um, it's a wild rip-roar in Studio 54 mm-hmm. in the Hampton sort of place. And... Um, on the key like weekends, Memorial Day weekend, 4th of July, Labor Day, stuff like that, I would come and guest some and help her sell some of the higher end listings. Wow. And um, that also meant helping with the other stuff. And there, there happened to be a night that uh, Justin Bieber, this was pre-Haley Bieber, um, came in okay. and... Um, um that they just loved sancerre they were just like drinking buckets of sancerre and i gotta tell you they were actually really nice like everybody in his crew they were all well behaved so i guess this was like after the wild time like after he had like calmed down because everybody was like thanks so much and they were super chill so they were nice you're
0: fucking canadian (laughs) you're so fucking canadian
1: it's true. No, they were. They weren't. They weren't a rowdy bunch. Like I was shocked. I thought I was going to be in for like this like wild night of taking care of these these kids, and, and they were actually quite nice. There, there were some bizarre things that happened at Surf Lodge, but <laughs> yeah, no, not that's, with that's where Bieber. people
0: go to throw up. That's what I hear. Like, um, I mean, it's, it's you a can pretty say crazy place. Day, yeah, it's pretty wild. Yeah. I don't. I
1: don't know if it's like, um, you know, dive bar throw up, but it definitely can get can get pretty rambunctious there. That's for sure. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um... And you had some Matt Damon story, I think.
1: Oh, my Matt Damon story. <laughs> Everybody loves that story. So basically, um, I I had the good fortune of of being a young kid who um, had a friend who had a modeling contract in Miami. And um, I knew shit about shit in the world, but especially like clubbing, nightlife, all that sort of stuff. And um, we, we had been partying. This is when, if anybody knows Miami, South Beach in the early 2000s, this is when Red Room at the Sky Bar was like... The cat's pajamas and uh. Madonna was there every night and all these people and and we were um, part of like the staple fixture young girls club girls whatever and um, had gotten to know the VIP bodyguards and their uh, uh, door guys and that's where we were right. coming in every night and um, one night happened to be coming in and and Matt Damon happened to be coming in at the same time and um, the, the 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 door guy genuinely didn't know who he was he was like <laughs> obviously like had come here from somewhere else and right. you know this was you know a gig he had gotten you know for his stature not really for his rolodex of celebrities and right. probably there is normally a person back there that for whatever reason maybe they were attending some other triple a list celeb and i remember it was so funny he was like so nice but he was like kind of amused he was like you don't know who i am do you and the guy was like nope you're gonna have to go around <laughs> in the front like the normal people and that day was kind of like this is awesome you know what i mean like i think he just enjoyed like someone not recognizing him, I, I love you it. Know? he's
0: going goodwill hunting and the bounce goes exactly goodwill hunting get the (laughs) fuck in the back
1: So, like, you know, he was, like, I think the novelty of it for him was kind of amusing, but we, we sort of stepped in, because we were also amused, and we're just like, oh, no, he's with us, and, and the bouncer was like,
0: nicely played.
1: I mean, all right, sure, if he's with you guys, because, you know, at this point, we were, like, basically living there, and, um, I, I mean, it was every night, I just, did, now the hangovers make me ill to think about, but, um, <laughs> and uh, he just night. thought it was yeah. hilarious, he was like, you know, you, you, you girls are really funny, thanks for the end, you know, he was just amused by the whole thing, and then... Um, we ended up running into him a couple more times there because it's you know South Beach. It's a small yeah, world yeah. of clubbing and partying, and um, uh, there ended up being a night with like a group of people at at the house he was renting on uh, North Bay Road, and you know the kind of like multi-million-dollar mansion set of sunsets, sunrises mm-hmm. that you think of, and we had this night of like smoking weed out of an apple who knew i didn't know i was my 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 my, uh you know very like um unexposed self and i was just fascinated it's like you know (laughs) he takes the thing out from the kitchen spout and like you insert it in the apple i was just like blown away and um he started telling us this story about you know they were you know how he dropped out of harvard to write goodwill hunting and everyone told him he was crazy and (laughs) you should go follow your dreams like fuck it we live once and you know when you're that age you're highly yeah. impressionable and i sort of went yeah i'm gonna follow my dreams i'm gonna write a fucking
0: book about wine
1: well at the time it was i'm gonna go be a famous actress but <laughs>
0: <laughs> Man, hook but, me up. <laughs>
1: yeah exactly so I, I moved back home or went back to kentucky and figured out how to um subsequently audition for get accepted to and get a scholarship to a conservatory in new york
0: oh cool so, so i did that yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, and look, that really helps you. Like you've been on CBS morning, you do all these interviews. You're like a pro. Yeah. Like, yeah. The, yeah.
1: I, th- I think the most nerve wracking one was the today <clears throat> show. one. that one was like, I was just like, what the fuck is happening the entire time? And the whole thing was live. And, you know, I, I'm like looking at Al Roker, looking at me and I'm like, how did we get here? Um <laughs> Al Roker asking me about boxed wine on live TV and Hi. me, like, you know, having to answer that. So, it, AMDA, the, shout out to the American Musical and Dramatic Academy who has had many more successful, famous um, uh graduates than I but thank you for all you did for my ability to uh stand in front of a camera and not lose my shit
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah right, right that's what I mean like everything you do in your life it's just it's preparing you for whatever is the next for thing. sure so for just, sure the just, lessons carry through so just get to it so speaking of getting to it it's that time where we drink and now we're gonna have some Cheetos oh yeah and you're gonna che- explain the Cheeto Sancerre <laughs> phenomenon okay so all right hold on
1: <laughs> mm-hmm.
0: all right can you hear my crunch wow (laughs) yep orange fingers real cheetos
1: oh yeah i gotta tell you i know it's so silly for anybody out there rolling their eyes i love this pairing it really does make me so happy it was a complete and total accident well not accident but like it's delicious
0: it's incredible incredible right
1: it who knew it cheetos are listen If you tell me Cheetos aren't good, I know you're a liar. Yeah. They're already inherently good. But the Sancerre makes it better. Yeah. It makes it
0: better. I know why. You tell us
1: why. Okay. So... Here's the thing. Cheetos are super, super salty, right? So you need something that is mineral driven in a wine. Um, Specifically, I named not just Sauvignon Blanc, which is what the grape that is used to make Sancerre Blanc is, is made from, but Sauvignon Blanc coming from Sancerre because you have subsoils there that produce a type of minerality that gives a salinity, a saltiness that works well with the saltiness of the Cheeto. And the same way that you've got that orangey sort of powder that we were just talking about that, you know, it gets stuck on your fingers, yeah. it gets stuck in your mouth mouth as well, right? It coats the inside of your mouth. Because sansera is so high in acidity, it acts like a squeegee, like Sort of yeah. pushing it back, right? Moving it through your mouth, cleaning it out. You don't have a ton of that coated sort of feeling left. So it actually leaves you clean. And the flavor of the Cheeto, the flavor of the the Sancerre in terms of intensity are very mm-hmm. similar, right? Like these are both intense flavors. Right. So there's this beautiful sort of crescendo in your mouth. Um, The whole thing, I mean, really, it's like inherently Sancerre is good on its own. Inherently, Cheetos are good on their own. Sancerre and Cheetos together are literally milk and cookies, man. That's what this shit is. (laughs) It is. It's so good.
0: (laughs) I was going to say it's peanut butter and jelly.
1: It is peanut butter and jelly.
0: (laughs) And then we'll go peanut butter and jelly. Then you have a a pairing for peanut butter and jelly.
1: Lambrusco Amabile. Specifically Amabile. (laughs) I've had a couple people message me and they send me the bottle. They're like, I don't agree with your pairing. And then they send it to me. I'm like, you used a dry Lambrusco. Amabile is the off-dry style. Aisle. This is very important, people.
0: Listen up, people. PB and J in a modern Yes, <laughs> get it, get it right. That is crazy. That's a great way to put it because this stuff turns your hand orange. Everything sticks to it. Does the same thing in your palate, and that acid does just kind of wash it all out. And it's again, it's the salt, mineral kind of component. Mm-hmm. Um, and did you stumble on that or?
1: So this was actually one of the New York Magazine ones, and this one was probably the first time that I realized not everybody was going to like my ideas, because I did have a few haters sort of reach out and be like, I can't believe that you would seriously talk about pairing wine with Cheetos. I'm like, this is why we were never friends. Um, You know what I mean? It's like, come on, man, let's not take ourselves so seriously. But um, this was one of the, the pairings for New York Magazine, and so the way I used to run it, it was a quarterly thing, so um, you know they we would go back and forth. What are the foods? Blah blah blah. Okay, these are your next twelve foods. Deliver in X amount of time, and I would invite friends over to like make it a fun thing, right? right. Like let's try the food, let's try the wine, let's pick what we like. And for the Cheetos when I don't know why. I just Sanser was actually the first thing that came to me, and I was like, I don't know how this is gonna go. And I, my girlfriend uh, Mary and I, were gonna be having dinner that night. And so I had said, um, why don't you stop by? We'll have a little bit of the Cheetos and the Sancerre, and then we'll head to dinner, because we were going somewhere in the neighborhood. And um, the pairing turned out to be so good. We canceled our reservation, and we sat on the couch. It was like one of those full-size bags. We sat on the couch and polished the bag, (laughs) polished the bottle. I think we ordered some takeout after. But I was like, I am onto something here. That was so good. Because I'm, listen, and let me preface for everyone. Yes, it is an irreverent title. And yes, I do junk foods and fast foods and things like that. But I also talk about, like, it balancing it.
0: I was going to say, you also do the Impossible Burger.
1: I do. Well, there's a whole right. chapter right. just... For salads, right. literally, all <clears throat> chapter, just for pairing salads. There's a whole chapter just for healthy foods, healthy snacks, because we do have to balance the bad, yeah. not bad, but, you know, not as good for us with, sure. with the things that are the healthy things. And uh, just the point is that wine belongs in all these spaces. And mm-hmm. if you're going to, you know, splurge in terms of, like, you know, a cheat night or whatever, why not make it the best version of a cheat night?
0: Yeah, ap- ap- absolutely. Uh, yeah, because I was thinking, th- I, it kind of, like, when I first, I'm like, what is, like, supersize me? You were just, just going to eat, like, Junk food and drink booze no, and no, no. and it's actually not. It's about this kind of the chemistry of uh, of what we're getting at. Um, and I love the way this just kind of um, opens wine up for the people. It reminds me of yoga for the people. Like you know, not all of us can <laughs> not all of us can afford to take a forty dollar yoga class, right? Yeah. Um. So the fact that you've uh, you've made this so um uh, I don't know reachable for people, uh, I hope they do start grabbing this. Uh, um, book, but um, it's now it's uh, so what's next first before we finish because my magical three questions. What's next for you?
1: What's next? Oh my god! Uh, not sleep. Um, so I'm working on a couple different projects right now. I am uh, working on a restaurant hotel project in Montauk that mm. unfortunately renovations. It's a pretty sizable space. It's about fifteen thousand square feet, uh, right in the heart of town. It's it is a big project. Um, we were supposed to start renovations last spring, and then this little thing that nobody's ever heard of called COVID happened, uh, and um, it really kind of fucked us. No. But we're We're back on track now, hoping to be in renovation this spring, so that will be a really, big exciting thing it's called Mavericks Montauk we hope to be open spring of 2022 so and then I'm also very very excited and very fortunate to be partnering with um, Dan Abrams from ABC mm-hmm. um, on a vineyard project that he just purchased in uh, the North Fork of Long Island just outside of matatuck and um, we will be rebranding replanting revamping redesigning oh, cool. um, and we're super super excited about that so. So,
0: so that's where you'll be all summer
1: I will be between the North and South Forks. Of of, of Long Island, which is just really funny. I don't know how this Kentucky girl ended up there, but that's where that's <laughs> hey, where I'll be. Can't yeah. complain.
0: You can be on the beach in the summertime with beautiful, beautiful. Oh, uh, I'll be in an office uh, somewhere,
1: but <laughs> the, the ocean will be in close proximity. <laughs> okay, there
0: you go. So it's it's now, now it's time to play three questions, oh which boy. are my three closing questions. Oh God. Okay, so it's. Uh, your life is at the end, okay? Mm-hmm. Um, you've won the Nobel Prize for curing cancer with uh, your Cheeto, Sancerre, Dorito combination. Okay. You threw in the Doritos, and that was the thing that uh, cured cancer, by the way. So oh, sure. this is when you're an old woman, Hello. and you're leaving the planet. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be on your, this is gonna be on your, um, your obit, your, your Big Macs and Burgundy. Uh, that'll be your uh, headstone. Uh, and so you're leaving the planet. So mm-hmm. what is your last meal? What is your last drink? And what piece of music... Are you listening to as your eyes close
1: so um the food is um i mean we're assuming that like all things are possible in this universe all things are possible the food even though i imagine she won't be alive at that point in time would be um the cast iron skillet version of my grandmother's fried chicken okay it is the best shit you've ever had in your entire life um i would be drinking with it uh Vinotec. Crystal.
0: Wow. Vintage?
1: Um, 96. Okay. And I would be listening to a piano piece called A River Flows Through You, which was my late sister's favorite song to play.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful. Yeah. Cool. Well, the book is on Amazon. It did sell out for a while. I believe it's back in stock.
1: That shit broke the internet. I'm not even, I don't even I don't know, know how that happened. It sold out everywhere. Honestly, if you're listening to this podcast and you're one of the people that's like, get your shit together. We really like, we, we're sorry, man, but we're back on track. Everybody's got stock. Um, Barnes and Noble, Amazon, Target, independent bookstores. Yeah. Very important. Please, please, please support your independent book retailers. Yes.
0: Just so you know, I got it at Barnes and Noble because I go to bookstores because that's who I want to support. Yep. And smaller bookstores if I can. Yeah. Uh, but yeah definitely uh, pick up books um, yep. there's also an audio version of this book which there I is. absolutely love <laughs>
1: <laughs> there is you yeah. can listen to me tell you this shit if you want <laughs> I, I love
0: it no cussing though right <laughs>
1: no yeah sorry no cussing that's just in real life there's a few cuss words in the book but it's pretty It's pretty tame we kept it PG <laughs> uh, well
0: Vanessa I want to thank you for mm-hmm. being on DOTJ podcast this was a lot of fun we're going to finish the Cheetos in the sunset and drink a bunch more wine
1: amazing thank you for having me I really appreciate it you're welcome
0: Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar.